When the song is talking about Sunday morning, it's really not talking about the assembly, the congregation getting together, but it's really talking about the presence of the Lord. If I could just get in His presence, and I want you to know today that you can learn how to get in His presence every single day. God will manifest Himself in your presence when every day is Sunday. Is about his glory, that his joy, his peace, his presence, his love will fill your soul to overflowing. That's how good our God is. Hallelujah. Sunday morning, Sunday morning, in all of our lives, every single day. and the sermon together is confirmation to me that I'm right on point. Hallelujah. We are entering to the ninth sermon of this series, the three pillars of the believer, the three essential spiritual elements to have a fulfilled life. Hallelujah. This morning, we are again reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 12 to 13 out of the Amplified. And it reads as such in our hearing. We, for now we looking in a mirror that gives only a dim blur reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma. But then when perfection, when God wraps this whole thing up, when we are changed to be like him, when we see him face to face, when, then when perfection comes, we shall see reality and see Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. For I now know in part imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly Hallelujah. He says, he says, he says, even in the same matter as I have been fully and, and clearly known and understood by God, which means God knows our everything. He, he knows every pain. He knows every insecurity. He knows what we need. Hallelujah. It says, so, 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 so faith, hope, and love abides. It says, with God, is this day when there's a new heaven and a new earth there's still going to be faith hope and love hallelujah he, he was still so if that's going to be then then we need it now 
If that's what's going to survive, then that's the foundation we stand on. Hallelujah. He says, he says, so therefore, a, faith is a, a conviction and belief respecting God's relationship to God and divine things. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love is true, true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest, the greatest is love. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, even now, allow us to experience the manifestation of your presence even more. You are already here. You entered into the worship. And Lord, it's good to be in your presence. Now, Lord, as, as, as I yield myself to you to be your instrument, glorify yourself that they may hear you. Hide me behind your glory that they will see, Lord, you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Got a question this morning. And the question is, what are you thirsting for? <laughs> what are you thirsting for? Notice that I bypass the thought of, are you thirsty? Because from a biblical standpoint, from a theological standpoint, God says we are thirsty whether we know it or not. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, regardless of what position, regardless of, of how much money, regardless of your economic standard, regardless of, of, your, of, of who you think you are, in your spirit, in your soul, you are thirsty. <laughs> you are thirsty. You are thirsty. The thirst that he is really talking about is seen in Psalms 42 as the psalmist is thinking, painting a picture of a deer that has been running from the hunter. It's been running for its life, and now it finds itself padding after the water brook. Its, its tongue is sticking, is sticking to the top of, 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 of the roof of its mouth, and, and all it wants is some water. The only thing that can satisfy is like, have you really been thirsty? I mean, physically. I mean, so thirsty that alcohol don't do it. Soda don't do it. Pop doesn't do it. The only thing that can quench that thirst when you really dehydrate, when you really thirst, is, is water. Is water. He goes on to explain. He said, so panteth my soul after thee, O Lord, that the psalmist has it right, that, that, that God made us so that there is a void within us that requires his presence, require his love, require him filling us. Because unless we find it in him, we don't find it. I don't care what else you try to 
fill it with. And Satan has a whole lot of counterfeits to try to fill us, but, but it, 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 is, it is lacking. It cannot do it. God made us for himself. And at the fall, when Adam and Eve disobeyed, when they said, we don't need you, mankind, all of us, has been born with a spiritual void within us. And the only one that can fill it, the only one that can take care of that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He constantly, in, while he was on earth in the gospel, talks about thirst. The woman at the well in John chapter 4, and he talks about thirst, and he talks about, I will put in you a fountain in you that will well up. He, he talks about being thirsty or hungry in John chapter 6, and he talks about, I will fill you, and you won't thirst no more. You won't hunger no more. If I fill you, if you believe on me, if you look to me, it's not just salvation, but even after you are saved. If you look on me, I will. It's me. It's me. Here he is in John chapter 7, and they are pouring out water as a thanksgiving, saying, Lord, thank you for the harvest time. Thank you for what you're going to provide. And Jesus cries out and says, you're searching because you're thirsty, and you don't realize that I'm the only one that can feel your thirst. My brother and sister, the problem is we don't connect the spirit and the soul together. We don't connect that originally when God made Adam, the spirit and the soul was literally so linked together, it was, it was just about one, and out of the spirit, if the soul. When, 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 when Adam and Eve sinned, they died spiritually, which left a hole in our soul. My brother and sister, I got bad news for you. We all have been diagnosed with a hole in our soul. That's why we do some of the things that we do. That's why we chase some of the things we chase. That's why unless we get in alignment with the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on him to fill the hole in ourselves, we're thirsting for something. <laughs> we're thirsting for something. So my question, my question today is what are you thirsting for. Perhaps I need to develop this, this thirst thing even farther. In John 19, verse 28 and 30, after Jesus has been on the cross for six hours, he, he is ending it up. It's, it's been three hours. He was talking to those around him, taking care of that. Three hours, he, it is dark. It's, it's noonday, and the sun is it's not shining. It's like it's midnight. And here he is, and he is travailing. And, 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 and Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 11 said that God saw his soul travail. Listen, not his body. It was the travailing of his soul. Why his soul? Because it is our souls that was damaged in the fall. The, the physical trauma 
had nothing to do with the soul trauma. The soul trauma is the absence of the presence of the fulfilling of God. And since Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, he had to go through the absence of his father's fulfilling presence. His mercy, his grace. So for three hours, it says that, that, that his soul was travailing and God the Father said, I'm satisfied. Let me explain what that means. Since God is holy, he has to judge sin. And sin is really the rebellion against him. Okay? But he loved us so much that he didn't want to judge us. So God, the Son, the Father, Third, the, third, the second person of the Trinity wrapped himself up in human flesh and became one of us to take for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He came as the second Adam where the first Adam failed. Satan conquered him. But Jesus came as our kinsman redeemer, as the second representative representing all mankind. So that means that if you are in Christ, you are in his victory. You are in his resurrection. That your sins have already been judged when God judged him. Y'all get me? Y'all, is that understandable? Hold on, hold on. Though I'm saved, though you say, that does not mean that we are really believing him to fill our souls. John 19, I had it up there, but I took it away. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He, he is dying and he says, I thirst. Listen, he was not thirsting for water. He was talking about the thirst of his soul. Remember, he became us. <laughs> he became us. They gave him, what's this? They gave him, many of your texts would say, say sour wine, but in the Greek, they gave him vinegar. Have you ever drunk straight vinegar? I don't know why I did it. I heard that apple vinegar was good for you. And I overdo everything. And, and I, I got this, this, this Bragg's raw, unfiltered vinegar. It, it actually says, with mother in it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, you got to shake up the mother to the mother. I took a big swig of it. I, I didn't hit the ground. I almost hit the ground. But it had me bent over. That's what they gave him. Well, brother and sister, what, 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 the illustration is this. What the world got that tries to fill you is like drinking vinegar. Whenever you look, 
on the outside of you to fill the inside of you. It's like drinking vinegar. The Corinthian church, though they are saved, and Paul called them saints. And, uh, and when you start in Corinthians chapter 13, he, he, he begins to deal with they are using church gifts and, and things that we ought to be doing, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You can even use God, use church, use worship as a mean to be seen. Listen, all worship is not really worship. Unless it is directed at God. We can be in the midst of doing good things, but God is not on our mind. You know, I, I say this sometimes. You know, I, sometimes we pimp God. I try to. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 8. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men of angels and have not life. He said, and though I have all reasoning and, and intentional and spiritual devotion and, and, and such as inspired by God, but not inspired by God's love. He said, I'm like sounding brass. I'm, I'm making a whole lot of noise. You know what he's saying? He said, always make sure your heart is right. Even when we minister, when I preach, when we're using a gift, whatever we're doing, the, the thing that God is always checking, which means that we need to check it before he check it, is our heart. Can be busy in the church, but our motive may be that we're trying to be seen. The Corinth is, is, is a metropolitan. It was busy. It was suckler. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was like America. It had some of everything. Whatever you, you want to find, you can find. <laughs> it, 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 was, it, was, it was a place that, that a lot of Christian leaders did not want to go to because they thought that they were going to be swept away by the river of lust of the eye. Lust of the flesh and pride of life because it was all up in Corinth in that city. And these people came out of that city into the church and they still came with a worldly mindset. And sometimes we can do church worldly. We can do church and, and it has no spirit in it. God is not in it. God, God, God is no place. Why? Because, because listen, it's this, y'all. And whatever we are trying to get filled on the inside by outward things, we have moved God out of his proper place. All of us struggle with this. Not some of us struggle with this. All of us, listen, when, when, when I'm not in peace, when when I know that, that I'm out of sorts, when I know that my, 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 my temper is short, when I, when I feel like I'm not loving the way I, I'm supposed to, when things are getting on my nerve, I, I, I catch myself and I spend extra time on my knee in worship and read the word to get me back in position. 
am learning and I have learned that, that when I'm in his presence, when, when I am, when I'm walking and talking with him, don't too much disturb me. I, I, I'm learning that, that it's hard to get me out of position. You know, just because somebody else is having a fit, you don't have to have a fit. I tell people all the time, don't ride on anybody else's roller coaster. No, 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 don't ride your emotional roller coaster. You have the power in Christ Jesus not to. Look at the second part. He says, though, if we have the, verse 2, if we have the, the prophetic power, the gift of interpreting and divine will and purpose, all understanding of secrets and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, I have sufficient faith to move mountains. Listen, many times we try to show people how gifted we are. Your gift is not for you to be seen. Your gift is to be used to bless somebody else. It, it, it is ministry to somebody. It's, it's serving somebody. It's loving somebody. And, and when we underneath trying to be holy, underneath trying to look holy, we are trying to impress people. My, 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 my brothers and my sisters, I don't just think that this was a problem at the church of Corinth. I think that this is a problem today in society. I think that if we're not careful, the, the, the rivers of lust of the eye, the rivers of, of lust of the flesh, the rivers of, of ego, pride of life, we can be swept away. Listen, in the church. You know what church fights is all about? Most church fights is about that something on the inside of me, I'm trying to derive something from you that only God can give me. Let me take this a little bit deeper. Don't let nobody let you be their Jesus. Don't let nobody try to make you fulfill their insides. Folks can get so dependent on you being there, doing for them and everything else because they're not dependent on God. And, and they will get mad at you because you don't make them all right. I, how can I say this? Can't nobody feel you but Jesus. Can't nobody give you peace but Jesus. When you are trying to extract from anybody something that they can't give you, everything else is secondary. Jesus has to be primary. When he is the primary source of your joy, of your peace, of your sense of who you are, listen, in him there's freedom. There's no insecurity. In him you know I'm his child. I'm what he called me to be. He sees me as special, precious. I'm his. It changes everything. I won't say you'll be hurt by folks, but you get to the place, 
I don't need you to survive. I need Jesus to survive. Hallelujah. Listen, I may not want to live without you, but guess what? As long as you got Jesus, there is a human relationship and bonds that we do need. We, God uses people, but the ultimate source of our everything is him. He has to be your mirror. You know what? We're, we're, uh, I don't have my phone. If I have my phone, I would take a selfie, and I would see if I see Jesus in the background. Matter of fact, I need to see him on the forefront. Matter of fact, when, when he's the center of you, there is a glow on your presence because he is center point. I, I, I go to the cemetery. I, I go to when, when people die. And when that person is, in a, is a Christian, after they die, it really doesn't matter what the ailment is, a glow come over their bodies. And I tell folks, the Holy Spirit when he leaves us because we are his temple on earth, he leaves as evident that he was in this body. There is a glow, look like somebody put Vaseline. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? And you'll be looking out and say, wait a minute, it has changed. Look, look at the glow on the body. That's the evidence of residue of the Holy Spirit on them. My, my brothers and my sisters, he, he is trying to get us where we see that he is our main thing. He's what we're chased after. He, he's our water brook. He's the one that can fulfill our soul. That instead of turning outwardly, we turn inwardly. Lord, my soul needs you. Lord, my soul desires you. Lord, meet me where I am and take me where I need to be. Lord, you are the one that I chase for. Lord, it's your presence. It's your presence. Turn to Psalms uh, 42 again, verse 1. And, and watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Psalms 42, verse 1. After he says, he says, he says, as a deer paddle after the water brook, he says, saw my soul paddle after thee, O God. Next verse. Watch this. He said, my soul thirsts for God. Watch this. Not for religion, not for what I think God is, but for the living God to experience him, for him to reveal himself to me. I, 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 I got to say this, and I'm going to say it. There's no way that you can come into his presence and really see Jesus and remain the same. There's no way that you can encounter this holy God, this loving God, this infinite God, this almighty God, this creator of your 
spirit and your soul and leave from his presence and remain the same. I'm not saying that you be perfect, but I'm saying you be changed. I'm saying that, that you will never, you will never be the same, that, that you have encountered something that is out of this world because he is an otherworldly presence of his being. He will change you from inside out. He will fill you till you're overflowing. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. He's just that good. Here we are. Peter, Matthew chapter 14. Peter and the disciples are in a desperate situation. They are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and a storm has arrived. And it's dark. It's, it's the darkest hour of the night. And they see somebody coming and they scream because they think it's the death ghost coming to get them. And Jesus says, stop. Don't be afraid. It is I. I think that Peter is out of his mind. But Peter said, if it's you, let me come. Peter stepped out in an impossible situation because God told him to. Our God is an impossible God. For him, what's impossible to us is, is merely possible for him. He said, step up. I'm not going to stop the wind. I'm not going to stop the wave. But Peter, if you trust me, keep your eyes on me. Don't you know that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how the wind is talking, no matter how high the waves are, if you keep your eyes on him, you'll see a miracle happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This thing is all about trusting him, believing him. Even when you don't understand, Peter made a mistake. He heard the wind and he started looking around and he started to sink. But what I love about it, Jesus reached out, touched him, picked him up, and they showed up at the boat. Even if you're sinking, call on him. Call on him. He will answer. If you call on him, he'll show up right on time. Peter experienced Jesus at a higher level because he was willing to trust him. You know what? It's not how many times you fall. It's how many times you get back up. The righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. It's in the getting up that you call him, that he meets you, that he will show himself. Listen, he knows we need him. We got to know we need him. He never expected us to make this journey on our own. The more I live, the more I recognize how much I need him. I hear something. It's Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It's the church of Laodicea. They are believers, and they think they got it going on. Now watch this. If Jesus is in the church, why is he outside the door knocking? 
if he is in control of our hearts, why is he knocking? I think for many of us, the Lord's been for a long time. And you wonder why things increasingly are getting worse. Sometimes you just go through a test, but sometimes it's Jesus pounding. Hallelujah. And he says, if you let me in, I'll come down. And watch this. And I'll suck. I will eat with you. He said, I will fill you. I will give you drink. I will give you what you need until your heart and your soul is fulfilled. All you have to do is let him in. Let him in. He's the source of your everything. God created you for himself. He got, your, he got his name on you. He made you so he could fill you. Open up the doors of your heart and let him in. You'll find that he'll love you. He'll take care of you. He'll make a way with you. He'll overflow you on the inside till you can't help but praise him. You won't find him lacking. You'll find him more than enough. He's just that good. And he loves you just that much. Will you let him in today? I don't know where you are, but the Lord Jesus Christ is knocking on the door of your heart. Ask him, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, fill me. Lord, take control. Lord, I give you the steering wheel. Lord, no longer my way, but your way. The number 45131, if you call that number, somebody will pray with you. Somebody will call you back. He is, he is ready to love you. He is ready to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. Father, even now, we love you, we praise you, we, we glorify you because you are just that good. Today, Lord, everyone that's under the sound of my voice, as we open up our hearts, Fill us, no matter where we may be, floods of water, let the fountain break forth. Lord, do it in such a way that tears start flowing, that our hearts is, is bubbling. Help us to experience you. Oh, you are a living God. You are a real God. You are right now God. Lord, 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 we seek your presence. We seek your face. So fill us even now. Lord, hallelujah, glory, we praise you. We worship you. You are so good. You are so mighty. So today we give you the highest praise. Minister to us. Minister to us. Minister, Lord, in a mighty way. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. See you next week. We are praying for you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for viewing us each week. 
share it with somebody that they may come to know the living God. Praise him. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name forever you are the Yeah.